So I just want to say a word of welcome again to each and every one of you who's here, especially those who are joining us online. Thank you so much. Uh, this evening I'm joined by Deacon Mike Brown. My name is Father Doug Martin. For any of you who may not know who we are, that way you can kind of put a name with a face. And so just wanted to ask you, what do you expect on Christmas Day? Well, I can tell you what I expected growing up. From the time I was a little boy until I got older, maybe even into college, the same scenario every year. We would start out every Christmas Eve going over to my grandmother's house out in the middle of nowhere in the country to have Christmas Eve dinner over there. And so we would go over there and it would of course be fried chicken, butter beans, you know, all the normal things you eat at Christmas, right? And so afterwards, there would be sharing of gifts. We'd pass around gifts to my cousins and everything. And then after that, my dad and my uncle would go out to the middle of their driveway, which was this big dirt, you know, this big dirt pad in the middle of nowhere. And they would have a bonfire. And we would shoot fireworks until they either ran out or until we had to go home. And then we would go home. And of course, my parents would hope that we would fall asleep on the way home and stay falling asleep, but you know, as we got older, that didn't happen as much. So we would go to bed that evening. And then the next morning, you know, we would wake up, I don't know, four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm not the only one, am I? We would wake up really early, run down there to see what was under the tree. And then we'd run back and wake up, you know, the whole house, trying to get everybody up so that we could open the gifts. I mean, even my brother who liked to sleep in till noon every day would get up early for this, you know? It was a big deal. The hardest part was my dad, this is the one day out of the year my dad would not get out of bed at six in the morning. He like eight in the morning, I think he wanted to punish us and make us wait for him. So we would have to wait and of course, as he would get up, we would pass around the gifts. We'd have, you know, grits and bacon like anybody else on Christmas morning, right? Okay, you're still with me here. Okay. Then that, then early that afternoon, we'd go over to my other grandparents' house and we would play football. I had a bunch of boy cousins over there and one girl cousin who was actually tougher than all the boys. And we would play football and then we'd go inside and pass out gifts, have more food, more than of course we ever needed. And then that evening we'd go home. Every year it was this way. Do you have yours? Do you have those days that the, the Christmas day, you know, kind of the tradition, the way we do things? I mean, you come to expect those things, don't you? You come to expect things to be a particular way. Maybe you expect certain food on those days. Maybe a lot of food on those days. Maybe your family gets together and passes out gifts to each other. Or maybe your family's one of those that's like, no, there's too many kids, we can't keep buying gifts for everybody. One of my brother-in-law has eight children. And so we don't buy gifts for them because they can't afford to buy them for the rest of us. Eight kids, Whew, it's a lot. And so then the other thing, I mean, do you expect family to come? Do you expect to be with family on that day? I remember, you know, I lived in this little small area and all my aunts and uncles and all my cousins, my, my grandparents, all lived within 30 minutes of each other. 
So, you know, things just aren't that way anymore. But we lived close together. And that was a big thing for us. So, are you expecting this to be a good Christmas where you getting together all the gifts and, you know, running all the way up to Christmas and you're just like, oh, I just can't wait for it to be over with. <laughs> what are your expectations of Christmas? More importantly, what's your expectations of God? I mean, for after all, we're celebrating his birthday today. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. So what are your expectations of God? We all have them. We all have expectations that we hope are met. Think about that, that first Christmas. We just read about it. The expectations that probably Mary and Joseph had, I don't know, 10 months before this moment, and then only a month later to have Mary become pregnant. And have to explain to Joseph, her husband, and then have to explain it to family and friends. Only to come up and think, we're going to have the baby here at home. Of course, in those days, you didn't have hospitals. We're going to have the baby here at home where our family is and where friends and everything is. Nope. That's not what happened. The census came in, so they had to travel 70 miles. I saw a few ladies come in who were expecting... How many of you want to crawl on a donkey and ride over to Panama City tonight? <laughs> or even worse, walk. <laughs> not a very good expectation, is it? That's not the way they saw it. And then they get there, and the inn is full. I'm sure they thought there'd be a place for them, but there's not. And so that expectation goes unmet as well, and they wind up in a stable, the stable for the inn. Can you imagine in a stable, ladies? Can you imagine giving birth in a stable? All those animals, how messy it must have been, probably stank. And then think about the privacy aspect of this. I mean, this was the garage of the, of the first century. This is where everybody parked their donkeys. So if somebody was going to come and get their donkey, there's Mary over there having a baby. There's no privacy. And then the shepherd's not too far from there. Now you may or may not know this because we dress up little kids like shepherds all the time and we think, oh, what a nice bunch they are. In those days, they were not seen that way. In those days, the shepherds were the lowest of the low. They were on the bottom of the thing because no one else wanted to do that. It was hard work, and these guys didn't have a great reputation. So these are the people that are coming to see Mary. Not family, not friends, strangers, and probably unsafe strangers. So, I mean, you can imagine those expectations going unmet. And then you think about the people in those days the Messiah that they were expecting. I mean, they expected this Messiah not to be a baby, not to be born in some meager stable, not to be born to a poor family. He's a king. He's supposed to save us. Save us from the people who are, who are occupying our land, who are persecuting us, who's taking everything from us. 
He's supposed to not only save us from that, but conquer them, destroy them, put them in the ground. We don't ever have to deal with them or think about them again. It's going to be our way from now on. And yet, Jesus is just a baby, born in a stable, born meagerly, lives a private, meager life, and then grows up, and you know what happens to him at the end. Boy, talk about expectations. You see, with Jesus, with God, we are to expect the unexpected. We're always to expect the unexpected. Because never is life the way we think it's going to be. Never. We make plans. How many of you say this? Yeah, make your plans and then laugh. <laughs> or watch God laugh. Because those expectations may not be met. I mean, and it's a hard thing to swallow. It's a hard thing to think about that God doesn't meet our expectations. We, we have these expectations that he's going to help us to overcome bad bosses, poor governments, stressful situations, things not going our way. And if, if God would just make it my way, everything in my life would be perfect. Everything would be great. And God says, I have something better for you. Because our vision, what we see, usually is the immediate. Usually it's whatever's bothering me today. Usually it's whatever I'm dealing with today or within the next week. And God says, no, no, no. I have plans for you that go beyond your vision. They go beyond what you think and what you know. And so what God asks of us at that moment is to trust Him. Think about Mary and Joseph. The trust that they must have had. You know, they probably wrestled with it. But the trust that they had to continue on, to keep going. I'm sure that they felt like, just like most people did in that day, when Jesus was born, the Messiah, the King was born. God's just sitting by doing nothing. He's not helping. He's just sitting there. And I'm waiting on Him to answer me. Right? Don't we all feel that way? Do you see him working though when you look backwards? When you look into your life and you see where you are in your life and you see those things that have happened to you in your life, good and bad, you see God there leading you, guiding you, walking with you, not sitting idly by but with you. You see, God doesn't want to fix your life. He's not necessarily wanting to make your life the way you think it should be. What God actually wants with you is a relationship. That's what He wants. God wants to be with you. So much so that He came down from heaven was born in a stable, in a dirty old stable as a baby, and grew up just so he could be close to us. As close as he could be to us. That's who God is. You see, this, this big creator of the universe, this, this God who's outside of time, outside of everything, 
that created everything wants a relationship with you. Not just you, but you as an individual. He knows your name. Scripture tells us he has something as stupid as our hairs counted on our head. God cares about even the things that we think are stupid about us. God wants to be with you. That's the message. Did you expect that? Is that what we expect from Christmas? Is that God will be with us? Born with us to be here. And you see, He's willing to come into our lives, even our messy part of our lives. If He's willing to come into this messy, stinky stable, He'll come into our life as well with the mess that's there that we've created, the mess that's going on around us. He's there, He's present. He was there then, and He is here now. One thing that we learn from God is to always, always expect the unexpected. And so now, if you would, we're going to pray a prayer together here for Christmas. If you would, pray with me. Jesus, light of the world, thank you for the amazing and unexpected gift of yourself. Thank you for becoming man and inviting us to share in your divine life. Father, forgive us the ways we doubt your loving providence. Help us to follow the example of Mary. May we faithfully and generously make our lives a gift by proclaiming the wonders of your love in all that we do and do. Please grant us the grace of following you joyfully, working and waiting in the Holy Spirit as you renew the earth in unexpected and amazing ways.